Hey friends, welcome to Life Together Unscripted. This podcast is for those of us who are just a bit tired of everything that looks so polished and schmick in the world. Production that's squeaky clean that you know has been practiced a million times. So we are hopeful that you enjoy the unedited and unscripted nature of this show. We can promise you that this episode you're listening to today uh, was unplanned on the front end and unedited and untouched on the back end. So we hope you enjoy this episode. This is Life Together Unscripted. Hey, Tegan, how are you? Good, Dom. How are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks. That's good. Yeah. Actually, um, if I'm being honest, I'm a bit sleepy today. But, uh, <laughs> had a, it's, it's a bit funny um, because I was reflecting on it earlier, and I think that it was just a big social weekend. Ah, uh, um, yes, that'll I, do I it. That. And, and I'm, I'm thinking of the like what's going on with COVID, and I wonder if there's like a, you know, those social muscles are a bit dormant, and then therefore yeah, yeah, yeah. takes it out of you. Totally. You know, right off the bat, are you, do, you, do you identify as a bit more of an introvert or an extrovert? Do you, do you thrive off that, or do you kind of recoil? And uh, I could probably sway both sides a little bit. Um, yeah. That, you know, the bigger environment side of things, I'm happy to just suss it out and, and see what's happening. But, you know, those smaller um, smaller groups, I'm, uh, yeah, not a, not afraid to speak up in <laughs> yeah, yeah environment. Well, so. I've always found that the, um, the kind of litmus test is a party situation. You know, if you walk yeah, into yeah. a party, the introverts are like, oh, man, like, please, I got to stay in the corner with one yeah. or two people grabbing others. And then others are just like, now's my time. Yeah, yeah. I reckon I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Oh, that's good. Thank you so much. Um, you've been incredibly gracious. I feel like I've been fumbling about for the last no, right. Um, I intentionally seek to not look at bios or um, Google people and things like that because um, I, I've been a communications major at uni and then I was uh, in a band for a while. And part of that was like um, just doing a whole bunch of um, kind of pre-scripted or um, sterile kind of interviews. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. And yeah. I, I know you've probably been through that a number of times. <laughs> so the purpose of today is it's a conversation. Um, and in light of that, yeah. if you ever want to flip it on me to ask me anything, um, please, please feel free. And also because this is unedited and unscripted, if you just want to opt out, just, just say pass at any time and we'll have yeah, to cool. move forward. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Okay. So um, the bit that's gracious was, and I thought that was quite funny, was uh, I said, I asked you, what's your 60 second bio? I'm a bit removed from the process. And you're like, oh, you know, I've competitively played netball and um, I've got a, a faith in Jesus and there's the overlap. And since then, uh, there have been many people praising you, shouting your accolades. <laughs> and, so I, and so I feel a bit uh, funny about that, but maybe tell me about netball. Um, tell me when, um, when did you realize that was a passion and that you were good at it, you know, that you had a competitive edge? And Yeah, well, I started playing when I was seven, so I have been playing it uh, for a very long time and it was all thanks to my parents who got me started and into it. And I just loved playing. Um, it, you know, it, it kept me fit, it kept me healthy. I got to meet some awesome people and play with my friends and be in that team environment. And I think that's what drew me to the sport, but that's also what kept me there as well. And in terms of when I thought like, hey, I could actually make it a bit of a thing um, or, you know, potentially a career, that was quite late for me. So that wasn't until I was 20, 21. And um, so what was that? Oh, 08, 09. And then I was contracted in 2010. So I was a bit of the girl 
who kind of came out of nowhere and everyone was, you know, hey, where'd you come from? And I'm the girl that grew up in Anglesey in the little seaside town and was just playing uh, sport because I loved it. That's so good. So you kind of didn't go through that like grooming process, so to speak, of, um, you know, how some of the athletes uh, work their way in and things like that. What was that like, I suppose, for for better or for worse, um, you know, not being known? How, how did that affect uh, your on-ramping, I suppose, into the that professional world? Yeah, it had certainly its advantages and then its disadvantages. No one knew anything about me and I was raw and I could just go and do my thing and see how I measured up against everyone. But then, you know, on the flip side of that, a lot of the girls had a lot more training um, and more refined skills. And so I was playing a little bit of catch up in those areas. You know, I tweaked uh, my shot because I'm a goaler when I first started at the Vixens and then certainly playing catch up in the gym. One of the shorter goalers out on court playing against some really tall uh, defenders, you know, what, what they were trying to do to me was just push me around that circle. So I had to get in the gym and, and um, yeah, do the hard work to be strong and make sure I could take those hits when it happened. Yeah, would love to know. Um, I've been thinking on this a bit and uh, I, I come from like a gridiron background, like football or MMA or real, there's a, um, a level of aggression or um, contained aggression as it relates to sport, right? And, and then there's a Christian value. We'll talk about your faith in a little bit, uh, but there's an overlap of that. And there's an aspect of being kind and generous and gracious. And yet there is a, I turn it on in this area and arena. And I'd be curious to know, um, has that rubbed up ever at any time for you where the overlap between what I do on the court and my demeanor as a you know daughter of Christ, has, it, has there been any interplay there? And have you thought much or reflected much on that? It probably hasn't been too much. I think generally uh, us female athletes are quite nice and, you know, we're friends with each other, um, you know, across all the teams that we, um, that everyone plays for. And those who have obviously represented the Australian Diamonds have been oppositions and then come together to create this other team to play um, against other countries. So, you know, we all know each other well. But when you go out on court for your team, you just do what you need to do. And, um, yeah, there's not really anything that's too narky or comes out of it that potentially puts me in a position where I have to consider um, certain situations. So we are quite friendly. We go out and we are aggressive and do what we need to do for our team. But as soon as the game's over, um, yeah, we're very friendly with each other again, which is really lovely. Yeah. And what I what I feel like I heard, or maybe it's um, implicit in that, is um, that in female sport, potentially there's some obstacles to overcome. And so therefore, there's maybe a camaraderie in that. Uh, yeah, have you certainly. sensed that in terms of, you know, uh, maybe just tell me about being a female athlete. This this season actually will be um, 12 to 15 different women in different um, spheres of influence and things like that. And so part of that, I just as a man, I'm curious to know what are those things that you've overcome uh, and, and especially as it relates to sport, how do, how do you reflect on that? Yeah, we play netball because we love it and we want to do everything that we can for the sport and we're in a position where we are role models for um, other people, especially the younger girls out there that love playing netball. Um, so, you know, we fully support and do everything we can for netball, but in saying that, netball is a women's sport and we want to support women's sport as well and it is quite a tussle at times um, coming up against those male sports and netball is is a is a sport that 
doesn't necessarily have that male dominant sport that they're kind of competing with or working with. So we're very much, um, we have, there's male competitions as well, but but the female um, netball is is the elite, is the top as far as you can get where, you know, AFL um, and AFLW, they're um, competing but working together at the same time. So I think, you know, we're all passionate about our own sports, but we're certainly passionate about um, female sport and getting everyone participating who wants to and providing those opportunities for people to do that as well uh, because we all understand the positive impact that playing sports can actually have um, on us as individuals and, yeah, just it's 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 really cool actually and um, something that we're passionate about um, speaking about and then providing opportunities to other people as well. Yeah, that's so good. Um, just because we're coming into this again, cold, like every other interview, um, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth one more time. When I came here, I was talking about sports. So my wife and I have been here for eight years in Australia. We came from America before that. And someone early on said, oh, you know, um, one of the biggest sports that we have here is netball. And to my astonishment, being in America, I'm like, I don't, what do you mean? I don't even know what that is. So (laughs) could you, could you for, you know, just a minute or so give, what is, what is a sport? What is an essence? Uh, like I frame it as, you know, kind of frisbee golf meets um, basketball, maybe sort of. Yeah. Um, but you know, for the lay person, how do you describe uh, it's netball's positioning? Yeah, it's very similar to basketball, but you can't bounce the ball or move the ball, um, you know, up and up and down the court. So you're not allowed to step. You have a, you know, um, you hold the ball and pass it to another player, and that is how it's moved up and down the court. And then. There's seven players on the court and we all have positions and there's areas of the court you're allowed in and you're not allowed in. Um, Defenders, goalers, kind of the the mid-quarters attackers. And then as a goaler, which is what I do, my goal is to, uh, yeah, receive that ball in the circle and um, shoot it up, which is worth one point. So, yeah, it's a fun game to play, um, but not a lot of Americans know about netball. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell me um, again, as as the lay uh, Aussie American, uh, whatever. Um, what's hard? What's something that again, not knowing the sport at all, and you know, you look in, you peer on different sports, and you think you might have a grasp of that or, or kind of an understanding. But what would you say are the things that are kind of underneath the surface that you train for, or that might go um, past the general viewer's eyes? Some of the things that would be more challenging, or some of the obstacles to overcome in that. Yeah, well, the first one I thought of would, uh, they, they say netball's not a contact sport, but it's, you know, a contested sport and it is actually extremely physical out <laughs> yeah. on court. Like you yeah. can get pushed around and moved around and, you know, you've just got to stand up and you've got to be able to hold your own. And so there's so much work that goes on it at um, on court sessions and in the gym to be able to, stand up and take those um, that physicality that comes in the game and and every year it's getting tougher and harder and every opposition you come up against you know there's very rarely an easy game these days which is awesome for the sport Mm. but it's so tough as an athlete and you come off the court and you're absolutely exhausted and then you've got to get through the week and back up again so you know an important part of that is our recovery and how we manage our, our week and our load to be able to get going um, and absolutely firing for the following game. So that's one of the um, the 
you know, trickiest things that we have to work with is that physicality and recovering and then performing again the following game. Yeah, that um, so that brings to mind two things. One, the physicality and, and, and the toll it's taken on your body. I do want to touch that one yeah. and park it because you said it's uncontested and yet on the court you do have a very physical, you know, get into it kind of game. And we kind of talked about competition and I did hint at that, you know, what does that do? Um, but I'd be curious to know, where is that overlap, I suppose? And, you know, you, 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 I'm sure you have refs and I'm sure you have people who, yeah. uh, you know, delineate between what is uh, uncontested and not. And so um, how does that look for you on the court? And, and maybe um, how has that evolved or, or what can you talk me through as your experience as an uncontested sport that is very physical? Uh, because that, yeah. to, to me, those two things seem, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like here and here and a, and a whole bridge of wisdom in between. But uh, I'm sure yeah. there's some things that you would think. And yeah, yeah. The, I suppose the word they look for um, also, the actions they look for in relation to the word is contest. So if the ball is in the air and, you know, two or three players go up to contest for the ball, they will let that go and that happen. Um, but in saying that, there's body contact as you're doing that. Um, and then things like um, sustained movements, uh, we, what draws or doesn't draw the um, umpire's eyes to contacts and things like that. You know, if the elbow goes up and there's a shove, that's obviously a contact. But if there's a body on you here and both of you are holding a position and no one is kind of moving or pushing off, that that's allowed. So you need to... That's what's considered contesting. So you need to be able mm. to hold your own. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, then there's things that the umpires don't see. And I think that's yeah. a part of every sport. Um, but there is certainly some players out there who like to give a little bit more um, yeah. and hopefully get away with it as well. Well, I think that's, Tegan, I don't mean to keep going back to this, but it's something no, I'm trying yeah. to dig into because I'm interested in, so I coach gridiron football, right? And so there's a lot of things, or my wife used to play water polo and below the water, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do. And there's something about, from my understanding, again, side conversation, you're, you're coaching now and, and you're passing on that legacy of what you've uh, now um, learns. But in that, how do you coach? How does this now, because to me, I really think about, okay, I played this way. I was taught this way, but I want to coach this way. Or, mm. you know, there's an aspect of like, what are the things that are worth keeping as it relates to this physicality or this, you know, level of competition um, versus what is character defining or what I want to teach these young women? What are some of the attributes that you want to pass on as it relates to that uh, and especially a, a female-dominated sport, as you've mentioned, and, you know, all of that. What are, what are some of the things that you'd like to be known as as a coach and pass on? Yeah, and I actually, you know, get these questions and, and have these discussions already, um, you know, with the younger girls, they're like, this person's pushing. And, and really, like, you just have to hold your own. You have to be strong enough to hold your position and be confident in your ability and, be able to take that potential pressure or physicality that you are receiving. So you don't want to be pushed out of the circle if you're a goalie. You need to be able to stand and hold your own. And it's, it's the same thing when you're driving for a ball and you've got to rip that in because someone will come up and contest that ball with you because that's that's their job. And sometimes the umpires will call contact and other times they won't. So it's so important that you know, whether you're holding your position, whether you're driving and 
receiving a ball, you have to rip that ball in. You have to be strong. And I think, you know, no matter what position you play, that's such an important um, attribute to have, I suppose, is that you can be strong out on the court. And then that also gives you confidence in your ability and what you're doing and your teammates as well. Um, if you're passing a ball and you can see that your teammate's holding you, I know I can put that in because she's going to hold that position. So it just plays out across across the court um, and, and impacts so many different areas. And I think, you know, you've just got to encourage young people to not get caught up in the physicality or if someone's pushing you, um, but you also need to be confident that you can hold your own as well and you can stand in the position that you want to stand in and I'm not going to get pushed out of it. So there is a bit of a balance there um, that you do need to um, find, but that's certainly something that I have had discussions of in the past and we'll continue to have um, around those two points. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Thanks for that. Um, you mentioned the word strength and I'm curious to know uh, how that dynamic plays out. Again, being a woman in sports, that um, I'll have conversations with my wife where it's like um, strength can be a term of endearment amongst men. And sometimes it can be used in a negative connotation for women, uh, you know, the same attribute in different settings in different circles. Yeah. Uh, as a woman, um, would you say that that's an adjective that you uh, is endearing to you? Do you find that... Um, I suppose, uh, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at a female athlete, a professional female athlete and her response to what does strength look like or, or how is that word used in a positive and negative connotation and, and how have yeah. you seen that play out in your career? Yeah, as an athlete, um, I have to be strong and you know, strong physically, but also strong mentally. The two super important aspects in being, um, you know, a professional athlete in 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 any sport, really. And we go to the gym, and we're not afraid to work hard. I'll be red face, sweating everywhere, but knowing that's what I need to do because that's going to input, you know. Perf- allow me to put out the performance that I need in the game and allow me to yeah perform at my best for my teammates. So I'm not afraid to, you know, put on muscle and and be strong and, you know, look a little bit more musclier than than other females out on um, you know, in everyday life. But that's that's part of my job and I actually embrace that and and nearly every one of our athletes do um, or my teammates do that's for sure because that's what we need to do to be able to go out and perform in a game is be strong and have muscles and you know all those um, attributes that allow us to go out and perform and then you have to be strong mentally as well because it's so tough you commit to playing this sport that you absolutely love but the training that you have to do, the recovery that you have to do, how you get up and uh, perform every game. And when you get knocked down, how you recover from that and the highs and lows and the challenges that you experience. There's so many different aspects to um, the sport that we play and being able to manage all those and have the strength mentally will also allow you to go out and perform the way um, you need to. 
Yeah, yes and amen. You reminded me, and now I want to get back to the physicality thing, because so for me, um, I spent a number of years out on the road as a musician, and people would always be like, oh, that must be so awesome. And, you know, you've got that hour on stage where you're like iconic and all this stuff. And yet that was one hour a day out of a 24 hour day. And the rest of it I equate to it's like uh, packing up and moving house every single day and then uh, driving, you know, going on a road trip with uh, five other stinky guys or seven other stinky guys to another state. And so there's a real, there's and a lot of downtime. And so there's, you know, some glory in that obviously, but a lot of the time is predominantly spent in other areas that are um, a bit of a, a challenge and a bit of, you know, drudgery and all of that. And so you don't see that. Love to know what is a day in the life when you were performing at that level? Um, what is a day in the life look or maybe a week long kind of, you know, business as usual? Uh, what did that look like to to prepare for the season or maybe even mid-season. Um, and some of those things that are maybe even monotonous that you know people wouldn't know. And then some of the glorious aspects as well, competition. Yeah, totally. And I mean, this year was just a whole nother level with um, COVID. We actually had to move to Queensland for three months um, and play our whole season out there. So we never played at home. We never had our family or friends or anything mm. like that. So that was just a whole nother level in itself and an experience that none of us had had before. But generally, if we're looking um, at, at a week, we have um, two to three court sessions a week and then um, one to two gym sessions a week. We have our match day. We have a recovery day. We have one day off a week, um, you know, which, which we should actually, occasionally this year we actually got two. But one of the biggest things is, um, you know, being an elite athlete is also having that work-life balance and having that time away from work, netball, um, and, yeah, just mentally being in a good space to be able to deal with what comes and it's that balance that allows you to do that. So I, you know, live in Geelong but travel up to Melbourne and I did consider many years ago about moving to Melbourne but part of the reason I decided to stay in Geelong was because this is where my family and friends are this is my away from netball time um, and this is how I'm going to keep my work-life balance and and I love the beach and I'm close to the beach down here so you know it's so important for us as athletes to have that balance and it can be super tricky finding that and it looks different for everyone so I love being at home, absolutely love being. So, you know, when lockdown came in the first time, um, I enjoyed it a little bit, but, you know, that was total, totally different for other people and, and they found that really hard. So every individual and every athlete has different ways to find their um, balance in life, but it's just so crucial for you to be able to get up and perform each week and you know I think that is um yeah a really important aspect of what we do yeah no doubt because it's holistic right we're all tied to um our faith our body our health our mental our all of that um can you tell me a little bit uh, I promise we will go into the faith endeavor of this no, but um, uh, can you tell me a bit a little bit about maybe the sports psychology as it relates to being in balance like have you noticed um times in your life where um uh, you know, relationally, there was something off and that affected your game or um, just, uh, I suppose, yeah, that holistic, that balance aspect that you're talking about, how you've kind of reflected on your journey and, and looking backwards, um, 
you know, and even passing on, this is what I would say is uh, something that's healthy or worthwhile to other athletes and things like that and, and achieving that balance. Um, yeah, just maybe speak a little bit into that if you could. I think like in Nepal every year there come, becomes a greater understanding of um, that mental side of thing of what, of what we do and how important that is to not just train physically but also train mentally, which allows you to find those balances that you need in life. And um, I think for me, like one of the aspects for um, in relation to playing sport was around my game day and my routine and having my little cues and my points for the game and being prepared. So when I step out on court, I know what I'm doing. I'm in the zone and I'm good to go. And I think that sometimes can get missed um, by people and some people can just go out and play. Other people need a bit more structure. I was probably someone in the middle and and came to realise, you know what, it might be good for me to, you know, have my points before going out on the court instead of just going out and winging it and hoping that I play well, um, have a little bit more support in that area. Um, so yeah, that, that looks different for everyone, but that's probably one of the things that I've done, um, to, yeah, assist in that area. And then another aspect was just, I'm, I'm an organized person. I, I like to plan. I like to have things. Everything is in my calendar. And if I didn't have that, I'd be in big trouble. Or if I lose that, my phone crashes, I'm in trouble. Um, and you know, when I've got all these different things going on, um, I was given tips, all right, well, plan it all down. What's your week like? Where are you having your training? Where, uh, like, when is training times? When am I studying? When I'm just going to take time for myself in my week and go and do what I need to do, whether that's take the dog for a beach, sit on the couch and watch a movie, whatever that looks like. And especially during those busier times because they come during the year and actually, you know, visually seeing it all laid out, that allowed me to feel better about that process or that time coming up and um yeah how I could work through it step by step rather than feeling like I'm overloaded and I've got so much going on so I think that's one of the other things um that I worked through as well is yeah planning and and seeing it down on a piece of paper or your laptop because I did mine on the computer um and visually laying it out there looking through it and working through it um, step by step and, and then not getting too overwhelmed. That's great. And maybe that is the odd and wrap now for Faith because I'm interested to know, was there any uh, interplay between your, um, I don't know if you use the word mantras, but you know, your routines of uh, entering onto the court, was there um, any prayers? Was there any like standard prayers uh, and or what did that look like? Where's the interplay between a pregame warmup and and faith in God? It often came, I think, after our team uh, meeting. So, I mean, doing at home and then away was different because we would do um, at home, we do our team meeting in our training room once we've all arrived, where when we're away, we do the team meeting back at the hotel. As soon as that's finished, we travel in the car to our location. So it did change, but at home, it was after the team meeting, I just would bow my head, close my eyes and, and say a little prayer. And all the girls 
knew the first couple of times I did it, they were like, Tegan, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> did you fall asleep, Tegan? Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. They're like, yeah. oh, you need to wake up. We're about yeah. to play. Um, yeah, no. So they worked that out that that was my moment that I was having. And um, I, can't, I think even once this year, our captain was going around for high fives and I was just praying. And then she had to come back around and give me one once I'd lift my head. So yeah, that was certainly um, a time then where I would just acknowledge the situation that I was in and um, thank him for that and just ask him to use me in a way that he would like. Being in the position that I was, um, having the influence that we do as elite netballers, well, is that not a perfect opportunity for him to do his work? So I think that, um, yeah, was my process or routine on game day that allowed me to um yeah make sure I was uh being faithful and acknowledging um the awesome uh opportunity and things that he was doing in my life yeah that's so good I'm a bit of a lull so in the midst of that I'd be curious to know well there's a like synapses are firing everywhere actually yeah, in, course, course. in a million different directions but I guess um did you ever find that so okay so that was yep um can you tell me of a moment that uh, you knew you were the hands and feet of God? So a moment that rings true where that was an answer to prayer. Because if you were, you know, if you were present and you were asking God, you know, I want to be present in this moment and I want to be giving you glory. And in the midst of that, understanding your position and and what God has blessed you with, stewarding that, um, I'm sure there have been opportunities and moments of fruit that have uh, come out. And, and are there any that you could share with me that would be uh, that? kind of come to mind and spring to mind as in the midst of those maybe poignant, perfect kind of answered prayers? Yeah, I think um, just a side part of that, that real first moment for me was actually when I did pray in the change room in front of everyone. Um, mm. I think like I definitely didn't do that in my first year, I don't think, or I'd, you know, do it when no one was watching. Um, I didn't mm. want to, people to see that I'd, you know, had closed my eyes and I was potentially saying a prayer. Um, but I think that's one of the biggest moments for me that I remember is is that first time where I had the confidence after the team meeting, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to close my eyes, I'm going to pray and I don't care if people see. Um, so, yeah, and then just, the, just got comfortable after that and that was, um, yeah, that was pretty special because that then just like, put an extra stamp in um, my faith and and in that environment with the girls. And the girls have always been super respectful about my beliefs and ask questions, um, not not big, deep ones, um, but there have been discussions that we have been able to have, uh, especially when we're on the road and we're away for the weekend and something pops up and they're like, hey, Tegan, what about this? Or what does this mean? You know, those little discussions um, that, yeah, I've absolutely loved those opportunities and I'm um, grateful for those and it's you know not necessarily um, I had this discussion with my teammate now she's a Christian they're not the hardcore experiences that I've had but you know they did come to church one year actually um, came down and stayed with me quite a few years ago and and was able to get to church and it was for me it was just being in that environment and kind of planting a seed and doing a little bit here and doing a little bit here and I don't have to be the person that, I mean, I'd love to be, but I don't have to be the person that is the one that draws them to God and, and, and to find their faith. But if I can still 
play a little role in that, um, then then that's, yeah, what I was praying for. And any opportunity that I was given, um, I was super grateful for. Really cool. Can you tell me, and I resonate with that, that kind of stepping <laughs> out and every Christian resonates with that, right? In some way, shape or form, I'm going to step out and, and what will that look like in my social circle? But then for you, you have that next kind of echelon of eyes looking in, you have, you know, media or things like that. Um, can you tell me a little bit about when private faith became public and what was that like? Um, did you experience persecution? Uh, was it kind of what just what is that process what did that process look like for you yes well receipt you know instagram is one of my go-tos for social media and oh it just took me a long time to post anything on there um it did but i did it and i still do it now and i um yeah just just look for opportunities to do that and i try and find that balance where i'm not doing too much um, but I still want to be able to do enough and um, what with what's right for me I mean it's different for everyone and um, I want to do yeah what's right for me and and what God wants me to do and I think um, that first post on Instagram um, I can't remember exactly what it was but I was so nervous about doing it that I was like oh what happens if people don't like it but you know what that doesn't matter Mm. and it was just a couple of people that commented and, you know, I get half the amount of likes in the post and what I normally would, but it's that person that says, I really need to hear that today, thank you, or just writes amen. And it's it's that's the reason why you post is not for the big followers that you have, it's for those people that need to hear it at that time. And I think um, I would, yeah, I reckon I could do more. I reckon I could do more of it. And, um, yeah, just think it's an awesome platform to reach an audience that um, in a way that you can't do face-to-face or with people that you just haven't met before. And, yeah, something that um, I want to get even better at doing. Um, but it was certainly a little bit tricky early on and I've been lucky not to receive any backlash or things like that from it which I think made it easier um but it's and you know what it's two comments but it's those two comments that are why you make those posts Mm. and people that read it that aren't Christians that like it I'm like okay that's good and people that read it and you don't even know that they read it but it can still have an impact in their life yeah, no doubt. It's the sower that, you know, it's continually dropping seeds and we don't know where that's going to bear fruit. But yeah, praise God for you, sister. Thank you. Um, uh, oh, man, I just had it and now it's gone. Um, <laughs> what an amateur. Um, so I wanted to talk about persecution and you said it wasn't a bit of it wasn't that much. But how is uh, an aspect of faith? Um, would be identity for me that I'd be curious to know, because to me, um, again, it's probably hard for you to disconnect at times. You talked about how there's a work-life balance or there's, you know, Tegan Phillip, the the athlete, and there's Tegan Phillip, the daughter of Christ, right? And, and not that those things need to be worlds apart, but it can be, and it can be a temptation uh, for those uh, aspects of identity um, to get confused. Um, how have you sought to think about that, pray about that, be challenged by that, maybe have mentors speak into you. Um, what have you learned in, in uh, those kind of two things 
Uh, and and I, maybe I don't mean to pull them apart, but I just know that it can be a temptation. So totally, I'd be lying if I said <laughs> that they never were pulled apart. That's for sure. I think that yeah. is just part of um, who we are as people and as humans, and and um, that that does happen. And I think I have found that tough at times. And I think part part of being um, an elite athlete and in that environment there are very few Christians up there and you kind of can feel isolated um, in that environment but for me I was lucky enough to have that support of my teammates that it was okay that I um, you know had beliefs that they didn't and that it was accepted and that made it easier and then it is just being um, supported by those around you who are Christian. So my family and some really close friends are absolutely amazing and they keep you on the straight and narrow. They keep you, obviously, God does as well, but you've got to make choices and they just keep you accountable um, when you need to be kept accountable. And I think that is super important and what um, allows you to stray less than what you potentially could if you were trying to you know, potentially do it all by yourself. And obviously prayer is super powerful and something that I need to do better and can do better. But it's it's those moments um, that you can have that allow you to connect and draw you to where you need to be drawn and um, keep you on track. And I think part of being an elite, elite athlete is you play on weekends as well. So my church attendance is... Uh, quite low during the season and that can be also quite tough um and that that's why those supports are super important for you to have because um you don't have that connection you do on a Sunday morning when you can attend and to be honest I have attended more church services this year on the computer than I would have because um I you know aren't normally able to attend so it's that aspect for me has actually been really awesome to have, um, yeah, digital city on a hill. Um, and that's, yeah, allowed me to stay focused and feel connected and in in our um, faith of the community that we have. And I think also another aspect is, um, you know, your gospel community groups and, and those smaller groups that you have and, and being able to open and share the Bible and um, do those things. So it's it's all those little aspects that, um, encourage you and support you and um, allow you to continue down the path that God has planned. That's good. What do you think um, now at this stage of your career and life, what is that God has planned this or what does purpose look like for you? Um, I, I heard that you're newly retired and so that's yes. got to be a, a departure. <laughs> and again, uh, for me, as when I was a musician who was somebody in the eyes of the world and then left, yes. Um, there was a, a period of identity framing and all of that and and uh, redefining purpose. And mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, have you experienced any of that? Have you experienced any of the lows of that? Or um, what would you say right now is kind of the season of your life? What does that look like? Great question. It is. I uh, was away for three months and had decided to retire. And I've actually just finished four weeks of placement um, to finish my teaching degree. So I have uh, just completed that, which means I can now register as a teacher for next year. So I'm not um, going to go into a full-time job, but I will look to CRT. Um, but 
I still want to do a bit of work in the netball world. I was the um, player development and wellbeing consultant for the state teams at Netball Victoria. And I've just been given the all clear that I get to continue that role. So I'm super excited about that and passionate about that. And, um, you know, well-being is something that excites me and um, I've been super grateful for the upbringing that I've had and I'm really passionate about um, providing that to other people that, you know, are having their own challenges and how they face those and work through those and the importance of being healthy and well and all of those side of things is, um, yeah, what I love and providing those opportunities for other people. So it's still a bit up in the air. I can't say this is what he has planned and I know this and we've just moved into our new house um, and we've been in just a week. So that's just a new part of life for us as well and how we're going to be able to use that um for other people and we love hosting and being hospitable and yeah just different ways that God has plans in um, us using our house as well we're fully open to that Um, and when we're allowed of course as COVID um, hopefully keeps easing for us Um, so yeah there's lots of probably different aspects that Um, is up and coming for me and I am super excited uh, to see how it all plays out. Awesome. Um, I think we're winding down here. I'd be curious to know, uh, I've got some scripture in front of me and I've never done this, but I'd love to just read a passage of scripture and riff over it. See if there's anything that comes to mind or that it reminds you of and Mm. vice versa, we could do the same. So I was just in this today. It's 1 John 4. It says this, dear friends, we should love each other because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has become God's child. And so everyone who loves knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love to us. He sent his only son into the world to give us life through him. True love is God's love for us, not our love for God. He sent his son as the way to take away our sins. That is how much God loved us, dear friends. So we also must love each other. I guess I was just curious to know, like I said, I've never done that, um, but it just kind of came to mind. And I was curious yeah. to know, does that does that ring true? Does that remind you of anything? Does that um, God speaks through his word all the time? And so, uh, you know, I, I know I am putting you on the spot and I'm happy for you no, to reflect right. to me. But does that remind you of anything, you know, um, in the past, does it remind you of anything maybe in the future or maybe, you know, God kind of placing someone on your heart even presently? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, well, to be honest, the first thing I thought of was just what we've been talking about already. And it's about um, how I look for opportunities to have those discussions with my teammates. And and for me, that is showing his love and that is me supporting and loving them and getting around them and and the same with um you know that that passionate aspect of well-being and 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 assisting those that um have those challenges in life that everyone faces and how I can love and support them so when you were reading that I was just just reflecting and that word love is exactly what um I want to show to other people and I want to support other people and hopefully in the lead to that they realize that there's something about me that's pretty cool and that is him that is God and um 
yeah, I think that um, I think that's pretty cool. So thanks, thanks for sharing that. That's great. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've any done any other interviews in that, right? Like where someone's read scripture to you. That's yeah. a first. That's there a we first. go. There we go. Yeah, that's love good. Oh, uh, you know what? Like I um I'm in ministry, so I work for church, and I never thought I would work for a church. I've been doing that for the last eight years. God's placed me in, very uniquely into this, and um, what it reminds me of is maybe about eleven years ago now. Uh, somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, I was talking to someone who was um, a community pastor and he basically said, uh, don't ever get involved in ministry if you don't have, if you don't love people. And I remember that was a really interesting and confronting statement. And so I'm just thinking back to him now. He's this great old man, a little disgruntled, like you can say he's been through the ringer, but he loves people. And he was just, you know, talking to a young buck and he's like, don't, don't do it unless, you know, your, your love for people propels you forward. Um, yeah. And I just think I, I go back to that all the time because I'm, I'm a flawed individual, you know, and over the eight years, there's been times where I'm like, yep, well done, good and faithful servant. I, you know, mm-hmm. I can I can see God's um, favor and other times where I've really, really blown it in not loving others. And yeah. so I just think about that, that um, we will be known by our love, right? Exactly what yeah. you said. We, you know, um, our, our love is to be the mirror unto the world that showcases he's beautiful and he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're just kind of the overflow and the conduit of that. So yeah. I think just for me, it was a reminder of good old um, Doug, I won't say his last name, back in California. And, and that yeah. reminder for me to keep loving well. Um, yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I, I reckon we've come to the end of our time, Tegan. Thank you so much for today. Um, what okay. I might do is hang online for just one more minute just to kind of yeah. catch some little black and white. Um, but did you have any closing statements or any other uh, words that you'd like to close with or anything else that you'd like to plug or anything like that? Um, I don't think so. Just thanks for having me. I love, you know, any opportunity I get to actually talk about netball and my faith. Um, I think they are sometimes I feel like, um, you know, very very few and far um, and in between but um, yeah I feel um, very blessed and grateful for the opportunities when I do get to mix the two together and, and see um, yeah what's God do- what God is doing there so cool thank you so much Tegan all right hang tight for one second hey friends thanks so much for listening today if you found this episode helpful please do share it with a friend we want others to uh, embrace this unscripted life this uh, life apart from promotion or perfection, but honesty and purity and love. So until we catch up again, let's consider how we may spur each other on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging each other as we see the day approaching. Love you guys. Peace.